the Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, yeah, not great. No? no? Oh, no. Pretty, pretty, pretty sick. So if there's any sort of coughing or sneezing or sniffling, I apologise. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're finally back, right? Yeah, yeah, I had to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> had to stop myself from laughing as I as said the intro there, a, a weekly Magic the Government podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pseudo-weekly. We yeah, try. Yeah, we, we try to be. We've, uh, apologies there. There hasn't been a, an episode for a little while now. I had some just horrific internet issues at home. Uh, some, mm-hmm. yeah, like water damage to the socket where my internet comes in. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been, a, been a time. So January yeah. hasn't, been, hasn't been the most fun starts of the year i've had but no it's gonna get back from here right yeah we're all all up and running again i can't yeah. foresee any future issues as well yeah sweet i mean i would like to apologize for posting on facebook that we were definitely absolutely putting up a, putting out an episode last week yeah because that was uh, evidently a lie so. <laughs> <laughs> i mean we tried but then yeah it just i mean it, it was it was quite entertaining when you after a week of having your internet, had the epiphany that you could connect your computer to your phone and use the data. Yeah, for sure. That hadn't, <laughs> hadn't occurred before. <laughs> um, but then that end, ended up being sort of a non-starter because the yeah. connection heinously bad. I kind of blame Skype for that, to be honest. I think, like, mm. so we, so we recorded over Skype and uh, for whatever reason, it was just adding, like, horrendous amounts of lag, like, in between... Uh, words that were being said and if things were being distorted really badly yeah but thankfully it did manage to hold up like well enough for me to record uh, a vintage cube draft yeah so yeah we managed to get that video released so if you haven't checked that out yet uh, if you check out our facebook page or our twitter page linked which should be on there yeah i mean i think that's a it's a good segue into plugging uh, our social media presence right <laughs> yeah totally so yeah was, i guess so if you do want to follow us on social media you can hit us up on facebook we are uh, facebook.com slash hfdcast or on twitter we are at hfdcast or we are also on patreon as well and uh, we are patreon.com slash hour of devastation you can find a whole bunch of things on our Patreon page. We've got a few different tiers you can sign up to, uh, from as little as one dollar a month. Uh, by pledging a dollar a month, you basically just just help help us keep doing what we're doing and give us something back for you know hopefully some sort of entertainment or knowledge that we we partake unto you. Uh, we do a, a four dollar tier as well, where you get access to our Patreon feed and we'll give you a shout out on our episodes. A few of us sort of higher tiers. If anybody feels like obviously generous enough to to give that, like we don't do this for any sort of anything, anything mm-hmm. back. But anything we do get is just just greatly appreciated. Absolutely. Uh, you can catch me on my personal social media, uh, and I am at Peach Cotton Oaf on Twitter, uh, or on Facebook. I'm just Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the, uh, for just any of the magic groups. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Snail Sixty Nine. Nice, thank you. Having uh, having arguments with people about all sorts of things—that's well, good fun. Um, or you'll, I mean, you'll see me on Facebook just being vaguely insufferable. Has <laughs> <laughs> been a, a real a real trend. Um, yeah, sweet. So we we have quite a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that we've been planning to do 
we weren't able to do because um, I mean your internet connection tried to burn your house down so yeah. <laughs> um, almost died in a fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's fine we'll move on it's fine yeah, sure fine. sure uh, yeah I guess I guess we start with the uh, the most recent news I guess really nice and exciting today so today is uh, 21st of January it is B&R Banner Restrictions Update Announcement Day and there's been a bit of a shake up in modern yeah, this is uh, one of the joys of recording on a Monday, is we get to be one of the first podcasts to uh, talk about the, the banned announcements. But yeah, uh, Croc Clan Ironworks has been finally banned in modern. Yes. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, Probably very good. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I feel like it's it's a tough one, right? Because it the deck always sort of reminded me a bit of, of the whole Sensei's Divine and Top thing, where like... In the right hands, the deck is incredibly powerful. In the wrong hands, the deck is incredibly slow and causes all sorts of problems. Uh, and most people seem to lie somewhere in between, and it's it's just a bit messy. Yeah, absolutely. I think like um, Ian Duke's post, um, like he wrote a sort of little little spiel to go along with the band announcement. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was very good. Talking about the fact that you know it's. Um, that, that sort of segment really like professional magic players are, are very good at piloting the deck and it's very, clearly very very powerful um, but it's just going to cause more and more problems because they haven't seen a lot of play it hasn't seen a lot of play at sort of lower level tournaments yeah sort of uh, less competitive than, than Grand Prix or Magic Fests am I meant to be calling the Magic Fest now? Uh, I, I think the the Magic Fest is the is the whole event and the Grand Prix is the event within the event I guess Ah, sure. So it's still a GP. Yeah. Um, but they're worried about you know that that number going up, and like you said, like it's similar to Stonefall, uh, to um, Saints Divine Top, where yeah. it just becomes comes a point where it's just so sort of difficult um, to run a tournament because it's taking so long. And I think that was one of the real concerns about it. There was, there was some stuff going on, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, being like you can't just ban it, uh, you can't just ban a deck because it's unfun to play against. And I think you can. Yeah, that's something um, that they, they say that it, it is something that they do take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I understand why it why it could be seen as problematic to take that into consideration or or ban a deck for that reason alone. But I, I think it is a I think it's it probably is a valid reason. You don't want to yeah, turn especially... people off your game. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when that that, that deck's putting up such consistent and, and good results, yeah. like uh, KCI was, and the fact that you know you just have to sit there knowing you were going to die. Yeah. But um, there's still a chance your your opponent could fizzle, and, and like you, you just have to sit there, sort of watching your opponent just play solitaire against you, and that, that's that's no fun. Yeah. Um, uh, especially like at sort of FNM level, anything like that, where you just want to play magic for fun, and you have to watch your opponent play magic for twenty minutes. Yeah. For um, sure. Uh, and I think that's perfectly acceptable. I mean, it's it's obviously not the reason, but it's an, it's an acceptable sort of accompaniment to the reasons that it was banned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like objectively, this is a good thing. I think people have wanted this for a while. Um, and it, it's it's always nice to see the the BNR announcements uh, agree with what the player base has been saying for such a long time. Yeah, definitely. Because going into it, I mean, we we can we can um, in a couple of minutes, I can touch on the other thing that people were asking for. Um, 
but people have been asking for this to be banned. No one was, no one was saying it shouldn't be banned. Um, and I don't think anyone that owned the deck would be would be particularly upset that it's banned. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I saw a, a video that Channel Fireball posted on, on YouTube last week, which was Matt Nass, who won back-to-back GPs and tens mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars playing KCI, put up mm-hmm. a, a video. It was like a 10-minute long video of him just going, KCI should be banned. Here's why. Here's all the different ways you could do it. Just, I hope it gets banned on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I find it hard to believe that anyone who was playing that obviously degenerate deck, <laughs> yeah. like they, they picked it up because it was incredibly powerful, and incredibly, like, um, would you because because it was so powerful and put up such good results that you can't pick up a deck like that where it's also got the problem of potentially going to time and also got the problem of being incredibly boring to play against. Yeah, for sure. Then, then when it gets banned, be annoyed about it. Like, I, I don't I don't see that happening. I think most people are sort of, okay, well. Um, and I think it just there's a new a new Mox Opal deck will just take up the mantle. Right? Yeah, definitely. We'll just see people transition back to the Hardened Scales deck, probably. Yeah, it'll be Hardened Scales, or maybe Lantern might make a bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even like that, uh, that Grixis Whirl list, like the Lanternless Lantern list. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you still get to play Mox Opal. You still get to play Ancient Stirrings. Like those cards are incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, and a new deck. That I mean, um, the thing with KCL was just sort of the best um, Mox Opal deck. Yeah, definitely. And now the second most, the second best Mox Opal deck will, will take up that mantle. Yeah, and sure. We'll be fine. But that deck kills you in about three minutes, so it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to just sit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's I think it's a very good decision, and we're all expecting it. Yeah, I, I think it's good, definitely. Like I, I personally quite like the deck. Um, I think it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with some of the points that they, that, so Ian Duke made in, in that write up where they they like they kind of like that a deck like that can exist, and you know you can have like a like an intri- intricate deck to play, and like it's really cool that they are difficult decks to play, and like they wouldn't ban a deck just because it was hard to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think, in a way, I'm, I i don't know, I guess I, I feel a little sad that I won't ever get to play it myself, but I, I'm just glad it's gone from the format, and hopefully hopefully things will settle down a bit in modern now, and it may, may slow down by a turn. Possibly. I mean, we still have stuff like Storm and yeah. Amulet Titan and Blue Red Phoenix and yeah. stuff like that, but we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, of course, typically around banned and restricted announcement season, uh, there's always some kind of card that people want to get unbanned. Yes, I think we've we've talked about uh, this sort of stuff enough <laughs> on on this podcast before. But uh, Stoneforge Mystic wasn't unbanned. No, it wasn't. Once again, it was was not unbanned. Mm-hmm. Um, people bought that card for some ridiculous prices in the last week. I think that's incredibly funny. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean. I think the fact that it's it's still in the madness is completely fine. Um, I think currently, I think if we if we take current modern into account, it's probably not very good. Yeah, for sure. But we see modern change relatively quickly. Yeah. Um, decks that were popular or putting up good results six months ago are no longer doing that. So modern can change quite quickly. So just because Stoneforge Mystic isn't good currently doesn't mean that it's um, going to be a fine card later on. I just don't think it's a particularly good modern card. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it it's. It's probably going to end up just having like the Jason Mind Sculptor effect, really. Like if it does get unbanned, mm-hmm. like it's just probably not going to be good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I just don't think I'm not I'm not sure like I would love to play that card yeah um, but I think I think it's possible that there becomes a matter where that card is too powerful I think there, there's a matter where that card is just complete a complete joke and just doesn't do anything yeah um, I think the absence of Imazawa's Jute is definitely an important thing with that card yeah definitely because sort of the best thing you can make is a turn three battle skull yeah. or a sword of fire and ice which doesn't particularly do much um so, well, I mean, we'll have to see. I, I think just find it hilarious every time that card goes up to, like, $70 because some people are buying loads of copies of it because I don't know why they're buying loads of copies of it. Yeah. It, it, or, I just, I knew it wasn't going to get unbanned. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't think it yeah. yeah. It just won't. And, I mean, I mean, it hasn't been printed in a supplemental product. So <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't unban it if they weren't going to make money off it. Sure. Um. But yeah, that's just my little sort of spiel about Stoneforce Mystic. It's, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It could be good, it could be bad, but I'm, I'm not surprised that it hasn't been banned, especially if you're going to ban the top deck. Yeah. If you're going to ban KCR, you can't just then suddenly go, oh, here's a Stoneforce Mystic as well. Let's completely change the face of modern in one foul swoop. Yeah, for sure. We need some time to see how the metal settles, and then we'll see if Stoneforge Mystic is a viable option. Yeah, I, I still feel like they they probably could have unbanned it. Like, even if it just... If it turned out to be too good, I don't think it would. But if it did turn out to be too good, just give it the old Golgari Grave troll, troll treatment. Yeah, and I mean, it just looks like they, they unbanned that. Like, you know, yeah, exactly. That was the thing they did. Yeah, whereas like Snowfall Mystic is just a sort of fair card that yeah. you get to play good magic with. Whereas Golgari Grave Troll, I'm like, yeah, this is probably fine. Oh no, this is definitely not fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, and uh, so I think I think that's all, that's all the discussion for uh, banning restricted discussions. This yeah. Week. Um, so speaking of modern, yes, I've been doing some uh, some messing about. Interesting, <laughs> uh, as I'm as I'm known to do. So, um, Prime Speaker Vanifar is yeah. is a magic card. Yeah, from the uh, latest set, Ramica Allegiance, and it's very very similar to Birthing Pod. Yeah, definitely. So it's um, two blue green for a two four, um, and you can tap it. Sacrifice creature, and then search your library for a, a creature with convert mana cost of one plus the sacrifice creature's convert mana cost. Yeah. So that's very much like Birthing Pod, and I am a big fan of Birthing Pod style decks. A yeah. Big fan of like value creature decks. Pod is so been, Pod is very good. Pod is very good. Um, can't believe that wasn't unbanned. Unbelievable. Um, so I've been, I've been doing some, some messing about with that. Um, it has been a lot of fun. Um, so I've been sort of I sort of jammed it into a uh, four color Sahili shell. Yeah, nice. When you're playing a bunch of value creatures, and then obviously you have Felal Guardian and Sahili Rai, and you win the game through an infinite combo. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought that would be that would be good because, I mean, it's sort of just a shell to go off, which is like a, a it's not a good deck, but it's it's reasonable. It's sort of like tier two point five. Yeah, it's a respectable deck that will win some games, but yeah. it's not particularly busted. Um, and I'm just trying to have fun because I think that card's great. It's a really cool design, and I just want to have fun. Yeah. Um, but Sahili is able to give Vanifar haste because if you minus two on Vanifar, you make a token with haste. And Sahili, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, if you have to, uh, obviously you have to sacrifice the original Vanifar. Yeah. But you have a token with haste, and I'm sure everyone's probably aware if you read articles or whatever of the of the combo lines that you can make that involve uh, Scrib Ranger, Renegade Rallyer, Deceiver Exarch. Yeah, for sure. Etc. Etc. Um, so if you can give it haste, you can just sort of win on the spot, yeah. which you weren't able to do with Birthing Pod um, most of the time because it, because there was a mana restriction. Yeah. Um, but that's pretty cool interaction. Obviously, you still have the um, you're, you're just playing Fellow Guardian and Sahili in your deck. Yeah. Um, 
but you just have these sort of other lines that you're able to do and if you, you just play a four drop and if you're able to untap it and then untap it and don't remove it which of course are big asks um you get to win the game in one turn which is really cool and then you're able to just sort of play um a pod sort of value value game yeah that you're able to do you get to put some one-offs in there that you can you can search for if you need to play certain parts if you need to like remove a creature you can search for something like uh, reflect mage or the new deputy of detentions yeah yeah it's card's card's pretty good mm-hmm. you can search for like a spell sky if you need protection um so like it's been it's been really fun i've been doing some testing with it and it's been really good fun to play it does have a difficult combo matchup yeah um that's just faster than it because it, it can be quite cumbersome because i mean the fastest you can win is turn four Turn three, sorry, um, with your mana dorks yeah. ramping into Sahili and Vanifer. Uh, um, but it has been really, really good fun. So Sahili is my sort of haste method of choice, but you can also play Rhythm of the Worlds. Yeah. Uh, also off of the new set, which um, gives your creatures riot. Yeah, it seems pretty good. Which is which is pretty sweet. So I was sort of saying, like that's that's either a plus one plus one counter or haste. Yeah. So that's just a three mana challenge that gives them haste. Um, and it does have some some very cute interactions with persist creatures. Yeah, definitely. Because if you have a rhythm, rhythm of the wild in play with a, um, a Glenelinger Archmage, yeah, that's uh, no fun for your opponent because <laughs> uh, it just comes back with a plus one plus one counter, which uh, counters uh, the persist counter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just been, just been talking about. I'm probably going to um, put up a. Put up my my current list when we post this episode on yeah. Twitter and stuff, just because it's been fun. I've been going around with. Um, Do yeah, it, it, it sounds, sounds really cool. Sounds really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like like you said, like I can't imagine it. You know, would ever be something that will take down a GP anytime soon. But it sounds like a pretty cool, pretty interesting deck. Yeah, absolutely. It's just been good fun, um, and as I imagine listeners will know, I have been down on modern for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> So if I have the option to play some absolute nonsense and play some value creature deck, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the opportunity. But it's been it's really good fun. It's a really cool card. Um, and I uh, actually so I've pre-ordered three copies. Nice. When it was first announced, because I was like, oh, I'm gonna play with this card, whether it's bad or not, I'm gonna play with this card. Uh, and then uh, uh, pre-release over the weekend, I opened my fourth copy. Hey, there you go. Nice. So now let's segue. <laughs> to, uh, what else have you been doing? You all the segues uh, tonight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, Rabbit Allegiance pre-release. Yeah, was this past weekend. It did was. you go and did you have fun? If you did, I did. Yeah, I went to two uh, in the end, <laughs> slightly less than what I was hoping to do. But uh, I went to the the midnight one on Friday. Didn't get home till like half five in the morning, so it was yeah. just wasted on Saturday. Saturday was just like a total non-day. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I did did a did a couple of drafts on Magic Online of Rabbit uh, Allegiance on Saturday to get my fix. Uh, and it ended up going to a pre-release on the Sunday morning as well and yeah they were good they were really fun I I really like this limited format uh, I went Azorius both times mm-hmm. uh, the first one I splashed well, I guess I went Esper both times really so I, I splashed for a Mortify and the Exile creature with target Exile target creature with power 3 or less Mm-hmm. I yeah. can't remember the name of that card, but I know what yeah. you're talking about. Uh, and a, I had a Kaya, not a Kaya, a Taser in the my Midnight deck. Ooh, sweet. Yeah, that one was alright. We 
we only did three rounds at midnight. We we took a vote because it got to like four a.m. by the time round three was starting. Oof. Yeah, people were like, "Well, no, let's just let's just just call this the last round." So, we're like, all right, fine, we'll, we'll do that. So, went two one of it, which was happy enough with. Uh, and then, yeah, ran it back on Sunday and got another Azorius pack. Uh, I've got the deck here somewhere, still together, mm-hmm. which was just like it was just a ridiculously good good pool. So I had like um, three Azorius Guild Gates, one Orzov Guild Gate. So like my my mana base was on point. Yep. Uh, opened a Sphinx of New Prav, which was pretty good. A Sky Tether, three Senate Griffins. Um, mm-hmm. Got two Azorius Skyguard, the six mana uncommon. The three mm-hmm. free flying first strike. Creatures your opponent control get minus one, minus zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a Mortify, uh, and I got the uh, the other one, the Grotesque Demise, that's the spell. Excel target creature with power three or less instant. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I splashed for those off the, the Gilgate, a Swamp, and an Orzov Locket. Uh, mm-hmm. My promo was a Deputy of Detention, so that was pretty good. Sweet. Uh, I got a I got an Absorb, and I got uh, Unbreakable Formation as well, which is just ridiculous. Which one was that? It's two and a white for an instant. Creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. Or it has addendum. If you cast a spell during your main phase, put a plus one plus one counter on each of those creatures, and they gain vigilance until end of turn. Yeah, I lost that one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just attack. like yeah, like pay pay three mana, put a counter on everything, and just get a free attack. Yeah, it was it's, sick. Really, really cool. It's really good. Uh, I got a Sphinx of Foresight as well as my other. Uh... That's a bad one. Oh, Sphinx of Foresight's great. That's the Sky Sphinx, yeah, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's a four man, it's a four mana four four flyer. Beginning of your upkeep, scry one. Great, it's exactly what you want in that deck. Or if you have it in your open in hand, you get to reveal it and scry three. Yeah, that's the that's the part. I I, I don't know why. I think this this is the thing with my card evaluation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Like if I was just presented with a card that was a four mana four four flyer. Yeah. Which scryed one at the beginning of every turn, but like that that's gas. But the fact that it has this stupid opening hand scry three nonsense tapped onto him, like this is this card's awful. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just me hating stupid magic cards. Um, that sounds that sounds really sweet. Yeah, it was it was, it was really good. So uh, we did five rounds there. I went four and one. Uh, played against another Azorius player in uh, in round one, which mm-hmm. was 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 pretty good. Like I went two one in that round. Um, of like a really really cheeky interaction that we had, so we were both playing eyes everywhere. Because mm-hmm. uh, I I really like that card. Like I'm probably just wrong. Yeah, I'm not convinced about how powerful that card is. Um, I, th- I think it's 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 just a really strange card. So you oh yeah, if like if your opponent's playing blue, you just end up spending like the rest of the like once you get into the late game, you spend end up spending like the rest of the game just trading backwards and forwards the same creature and the same enchantment. Mm-hmm. Which is like great if you're in that kind of like tempo deck that you've got a flyer that you can you can just get in with like a uh, like the the one four owl like if you can give that vigilance get in for one in the air and then just spend the rest of your mana to trade back your opponent's threat like that's fine you just win with the chip damage that way uh, but yeah my opponent was playing eyes everywhere I was playing eyes everywhere uh, I yeah I took my opponent's. Um, I think they, it was an Azorius Skygod that they had that I took so I, I, I took that uh, they took my Sphinx uh, mm-hmm. the, the 4 mana one 
and then I use it uh, arrest as admonition to bounce the Sphinx back to my hand and I had both eyes everywhere on my side of the field <laughs> oh, okay that's, that's pretty brutal yeah <laughs> that was there uh, that was that so I think like when that happened my my evaluation of eyes everywhere definitely changed I was like okay this this card is is good in the right situation but yeah I'm just gonna have to play around like bouncing things all the time now yeah but it was there. Uh, it, it was definitely an interesting card to play against. So yeah, I went won that round, and then the second round I thought was was really interesting. Uh, so I played against a a player who this was their first Paper Magic event. Ooh. Uh, so uh, I was asking them, you know, the usual questions. Oh, like how long have you been playing Magic or whatever? And he was like, Oh well, this is this is my first Paper event. Uh, and I was like, oh, Okay, have you played Arena then? And he was like, Oh yeah, I've played Arena like since the beta. And was like, oh, right. so I kind of thought, well, okay, this is really interesting. It's they kind exist. of like, yeah, like they actually exist. Like, you know, the old was the coastline that people will play arena and then they'll learn the game through arena and come into the stores and play in, play in the stores. Like, I met at least one person this weekend that did that. Mm-hmm. It, it was really, it was really cool, but it, it was, it was definitely like a strange experience. It was like not something I've ever had before ever. Like, I've played against like, loads of like new players before a pre-release like if it'll be like their first event or they've been playing for like you know like a month or whatever um and like there's lots of like mistakes or like typical play patterns or or things which you could you can see are pretty common on like most if not all new players just things like like forgetting to like untap your lands like the beginning of like your your turn and stuff and Mm -hmm. um yeah, doing things in like slightly the wrong order, or yeah, just like not reading things properly. It was strange because this guy, the guy I played against, had like had some of those things there, but like definitely had the mental side of the magic down. Like, it's like combat was was perfect. He clearly clearly knew how to play the game very well, but like his his like board state was a mess. It had like a couple of turns where he forgot to like untap his untap phase, and it was there. It was just a really, really interesting experience. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it's it's cool to see that people are actually like interested in playing the actual paper game. When yeah, just comes... definitely, it's great. And it's also really cool to hear that like they understand how the game works. Like they're able to sort of pass the mechanics of the game yeah. and play a technically good game of Magic, even if their manual dexterity uh, isn't great. Yeah, definitely. It, it was. Really, really cool. Yeah, it, like strange. It just does. It wasn't necessarily that it it wasn't wasn't great it was just like i think somebody who'd been playing like paper magic for as long as for as long as he had been playing like digital magic would be very different i I guess it's i guess probably the first time i've really sort of thought about like how much just like like muscle memory and repetition comes into it like you do so many things and have so many interactions like physically like picking up your cards tapping and untapping and doing things that you just don't think about yeah, you know, it was quite interesting. Like, kind of watching that, I guess, disconnect really. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's cool. I definitely enjoyed that. It was a good experience. Sweet. Uh, and then, yeah, the the other two rounds played out played out nice and well. I just, just I loved the deck. It was just create a big like board stall and then get in for like two a turn. Mm, I guarantee it wasn't as sweet as my pre-release deck. No. How did your pre-release go? <laughs> So I, um, against my better judgment, decided to do the midnight one. Yes. Uh, despite being having to be at work at half seven the next morning. Yeah. 
because uh, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I only played two rounds. I went 1-1, um, and I got to the point where I was like, okay, this was definitely a mistake. At some point, I'm definitely going to learn that playing pre-release at midnight is always a bad idea. Yeah, uh, it probably is. But, I mean, I'll still do it, like, another couple of times before I actually realise I'm too old for that. Yeah, I always do um, as well. But it's really cool. I opened uh, Hydroid Crisis. It's my pre-release promo. Nice. Super nice. Um, that card is complete nonsense. Yeah. You can't beat that card. <laughs> <laughs> I, I cast it for 10. Nice. It's, uh, I, I mean, I, it, yeah, it's really stupid. Um, but, yeah, I opened Stimic, and it was really good fun. Um, so I got... It's just you're playing a lot of uh, a lot of instant speed. Yeah. So um, adapt obviously is is really good because you can just sort of hold other things up like um, play a lot of quite a few count spells. Yeah. So I had a frilled mystic, which is like the new mystic snake, um, and essence. Oh, I can't I can't remember the remember the name of it. Yeah. The is it essence capture? Is that it? Essence capture. That's yeah. the one. I played that, and then uh, just the the cancel variant where they mill three. Yeah. Yeah, I like that card. So you're able to hold that up, then if they don't do anything that you want to interact with you can adapt your creatures and I had a Simic Guild Mage so I could remove a counter from one of my adapt creatures yeah. um, to put it onto another creature and then re-adapt that creature at instant speed uh, and so, so if you add Wilderness Reclamation to that um, that combo it's uh, pretty pretty absurd yeah it sounds it yeah you get to untap your lands at the beginning of your end step yeah, that so you get to just like double all that nonsense um, card is fantastic yeah it's really good fun um I opened a fair bit of value. Like I said, the, the, the promo Hydro Crisis was sweet. I got yeah. the Spawn of Mayhem. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Breeding Pool. Nice. Which is awesome. Um, and then I opened uh, Ethereal Absolution, the Black White Enchantment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which Which apparently like is that. just the, the most heinous card you can possibly play against. Yeah. Because you just immediately win the game with that card. Uh, which is annoying because I was like, I really want to play this card. And obviously I'm in green, blue and can't really get to black, white. Yeah. Um, particularly easily. Um, I also had like a really good, I had about half a really good Rakdos deck in my pool. Yeah. But I was like, no, I'm playing this Field Mystic and this Hydroid Crisis and we're going to have fun. Yeah, I found that in like both pools I opened. I was like, hmm, I haven't got a half bad Rakdos deck here. Yeah, but I mean, the, the definition of my half, but not half bad Rakdos deck and your not half bad Rakdos deck is very different. Because <laughs> you would just force Rakdos if you could, right? Uh, I, I don't know. After playing like Azorius now and mm-hmm. like drafting with Azorius three times, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just on the force Azorius plan. Oh, disappointing. If I can like mill people out like one card a turn, that's exactly where I want to be. So you're going to revoke your Juggalo status to assume a new cop status? Yeah, I guess so. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, hashtag yeah. Vidalk and Lives Matter. Oh, God, no further. Yeah. <laughs> no, no further comments on that. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, uh, Prelucy's, Prelucy's always fun. I was annoyed that I couldn't get to more, but like, it turns out if you stay up till like 4 a.m. and then have two hours sleep and then go to work when you're already incredibly ill, um, you don't aren't able to do anything for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it was a bad, bad combo of things. Like, yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, but it was it was good fun, and I'm really excited to to um, play more with the new set. It seems it seems really cool, really good fun. Yeah, definitely. I I had a great time as well. Like pre-release is always great, like you said. Uh, and yeah, like bit of a bit of a strange one. I feel like so like one of the the questions that were kept sort of coming up, like like a lot of the, like the regular st- standard players and like more competitive players, kind of talking about like what they were going to play in standard and. 
I think nobody's quite sure at the moment. I think mm -hmm. a, a lot of that seems to be because I, th I think people are a little bit, a little bit confused about the whole like organized play system still, and like they haven't really announced like how the the MCQs are going to work or if there'll be anything sort of smaller, or yeah. if like game days are going to even be a thing like after this Ravnica weekend thing. So like other than standard showdown, there doesn't there just doesn't really seem to be a lot of reason to to play standard competitively. Yeah, everyone except for people in the Magic Pro League who are being paid seventy five thousand dollars a year to yeah. play Magic seem to be to have no idea what's going on and be quite concerned about the future of their competitive Magic careers. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could dedicate several hours of discussion to this, I guess. But I'm sure yeah, we will it, in a future episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, moaning about Magic. <laughs> um, that's gas. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very confusing time to play Magic, so that's why I'm just like brewing some absolute nonsense in modern. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> just playing that instead. Um, yeah, it's 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 a it's still a weird time, but I mean, from because we had the the early access event. Yes. Yeah. Um, so quite a few sort of Magic, uh, well-known Magic names got to uh, play Ravnica Allegiance early on Arena, yeah. and some of the decks from there looked uh, pretty good. So there's a lot, there's a lot of fun to be had with this set, I think. Yeah, definitely. I've already been having a look at some of the uh, the five lists from the competitive standard leagues today as well, and there's definitely some some very interesting decks. Mm, there's some very interesting decks, and then the deck that you'll play with four copies of Teferi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's not hard to to know what you'll play. Yeah, probably four. I don't, I don't know. There'll be there'll be four copies of Teferi, whatever it is. Whether that's some sort of Esper control build, some sort of Jeskai control build, or just blue white control, or you might just play Turbo Fog because why not? Eh? Um, for the same reason, you shouldn't play Clark and Ironworks. Cool. So, do we want to move on to our main topic? I guess so. Uh, what is our main topic this week? So I have compiled the list. Yes. The the top eight things that magic players need to stop doing cool this could be controversial oh this is gonna be horrendously controversial people are gonna shout at me and i'm really excited for it <laughs> <laughs> awesome uh, i think yeah this entire list like definitely take it with a pinch of salt i think it's just th things that i think magic players need to be conscious of but you don't get as much clickbait if you title it you should consider not doing these top things so i've called it top eight things magic players need to stop doing <laughs> awesome <laughs> Uh, so these top eight things are not in any particular order, um, but they're just they're just things that I think need a little bit of discussion. Awesome. So I'm going to start with. Well, this really is going to be controversial. <laughs> I'm going to start with uh, with brewing. Okay. Brewing decks. Stop brewing decks. Yeah. Uh, why Get do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it, it has a lot of context to it. Sure. So I think it's it, it's mainly people. I mean, I, I say this is just when I've just spent you know the first half of the podcast discussing kind of brewing a new deck in modern. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's it's more brewing and expecting your deck to be good. Okay. Yeah. I think I think it's I think is the the sort of nuanced version of that. Um, like you aren't as good as professional magic players. They're professional magic players. I mean, these these things are sort of directed at sort of our level of people that would you know do a, a GP main event. Sure. Um, that have full time jobs, have other things in their life, and, and like to play magic. It's like you, you aren't as good as professional magic players. People that you know have built a career on being good at magic and being able to put good magic decks together, um, and you, you don't have the time to to dedicate to actually making 
a good deck, like making a deck as good as, you know, Matt Nass, yeah. for example. Um, and expecting your homebrew to do well, and then, you know, you take it to an FM and you're really excited about it, and then you go 04 and it's absolute crap, and then being really upset about it. It's like, understand why you're brewing a deck. If you just want to play some cards, like, like I just want to play Prime Speaker Vanifer, and uh, I've sort of stuck it into an existing shell and tweaked it, and I'm, I'm playing... I, I've, I've based it very much on old pod decks. I've based it on um, Kiki Core decks. I've uh, based it on the Sahili decks. Like, yeah. I, I've taken all I have not just sort of gone out and just thought, I'm going to put all these cards together. I hope it works. Because you're going to be disappointed. Um, and I, I just think... You, you need to understand that you, you can't just put a deck together and expect it to be good. You aren't as good at magic as you think you are. God, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. But, um, yeah, so I yeah. I disagree to an extent. So I, I, I think there is a, a lot of value in brewing. And I think that you know, like a, a lot of the times we see decks appear or sort of decks evolve over the time thanks to sort of brewing and sort of crowdsourcing and the whole I think it's one of the best things about about magic in the internet age is that you know anybody can sort of share their results and share their ideas and people can get together and talk and it's like so if it wasn't for like brewing and like brewing like that like getting a large number of people involved and you know actually showing results and data uh, then like lantern control wouldn't be a deck uh, I know there's stuff like the the Storm deck, or like the Agnosium Tendrils Legacy de- uh, group on uh, on Facebook. Um, they, like they've really, really helped sort of make a make a, make a, a couple couple of players have made made a good name for themselves uh, from that um, with their sort of builds of Storm, sort of learning the deck and changing the deck and evolving the deck. Uh, I think like you got like various different like forums as well where you see some sort of real innovation and real sort of tech coming coming on decks and it, I think a lot of that is is through is through brewing and and sharing ideas on decks. Mm-hmm, absolutely, um, yeah. I obviously I agree. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's sort of yeah. Obviously, there's there's sort of that, that crowdsourcing that you say, like speaking to other people, and yeah. like um, I found a, a Discord server on Reddit for Prime Speaker Vanifar. I'm going to stop talking about the card at some point, but it won't be soon. <laughs> um, and you know, we're all, we're all talking about decks and sharing ideas and like talking to each other about it. I think that aspect of brewing is very, very good because you get to pull loads of knowledge. Yeah. So the the knowledge that you get from that and the time um, that you get to apply to that deck, if if there's you know ten people all talking about one deck. Um, of course, you, you're going to get you're going to get better results. Yeah, for sure. Because you know there's more brain power behind it, yeah. um, and there's more time dedicated to it. But it's just you know the kind of thing where you're like, I want to play this. Yeah. And you put all these cards together, and you don't really think about it, and then you do really badly and get really upset about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I just I sort of annoy that that mindset annoys me. You know when people are like, oh, you should net deck it's stupid. Like why don't you just build your own deck? It's like I understand that. Yeah. In like a cash, in a casual set. I mean, this is why I play. This is why I play EDH. Because in EDH, I get to play whatever the hell I want, and I can brew stupid decks that do stupid things, and I don't net deck because I want to have fun specifically. Yeah. But if you're coming into like standard and modern, you want to win tournaments. Brewing isn't going to do you well because you're not going to be as good as people who are grinding tournaments and are paid to write articles about Magic and are paid to play Magic and all of these things because their entire day is dedicated to it, whereas about two hours a day are dedicated to yours because you have a job and you have a family and yeah. you have other interests and all this stuff. Um. And it's just it's, it's it's understanding that that 
sure, you can play an absolutely crap deck. I mean, because I, I've, I've done that before. Like, I've, I've, I've built a deck that I thought was, that I thought was good and fun. Yeah. And I've gone one three, and I've managed to get that one game where I got to pull off my stupid combo, and I've had fun. But it's it's it's, it's understanding that like you're not gonna. Don't expect to do well with your the deck you just put together because yeah you think it's... I, yeah I think that would be that would be my take on on this point I think like rather than like stop brewing just like don't stop expecting to to yeah, stop expecting expecting your brews to do well I guess really yeah absolutely uh, then again uh, my my deck that I've spent the last two weeks brewing is uh, amazing and it's going to win loads of GPs and I'm really smart. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's the count point. Yeah, for sure, sure. Everyone else is terrible, but obviously I am very, very good at building. No, um, it's the children yeah. who are wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that that was my point. And sure. it wouldn't it wouldn't be an Arab devastation episode without me just randomly going off about something that isn't in any way accurate. <laughs> sure, sure. So what what's your next point then on the, uh, the top eight things magic players need to stop doing? So the first one was brewing. Yeah. The second one is net decking. <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop brewing. Stop net decking. Stop okay. playing magic. I think is my point. <laughs> um, no, so this this again is obviously like not not just you know stop net decking. Yeah. <clears throat> oh excuse me. Um, it's it's kind of thing. Stop stop taking whole seventy fives and taking them to a tournament. Yeah. Like you know you you we'll do it like as soon as like, a five zero complete goes up on on uh, MTG Goldfish. We'll go and look at our favorite deck or. You know, decks that might interest us. And like, oh, I want to play that deck. So you build that deck, and we build a seventy-five, um, without sort of taking stock of why that seventy-five exists. Yeah. Why that person has chosen to put those cards in that deck um, for like for certain matters, you know, for certain certain events. Like certain cards are incredibly good in your main deck for what, exactly one week, and then the next week they're terrible, and you shouldn't put them in your deck because they're bad. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's you can't expect a deck to do well. Just because it's five o to league, or because someone's won a GP with it, or anything like that, and it's just understand, look at the deck, and think that's cool. And this is where I sort of the, the brewing element, I guess, comes in because you look at that seventy five and you think, okay, well, how can I change this? How can I adapt this to when I play F and M? How can I adapt this to what I think is currently happening in the modern format, or like yeah, what's currently sure. happening? So, um, and it's it's rather than just taking a seventy five that a professional Magic player put up because you don't understand why those cards are in that deck. Yeah. I mean, you might do, but there's a good chance that you don't understand why every card is in that deck. Because I've looked at lists and thought, why the hell is this card in that deck? Yeah. And later on, you realise why it's in the deck. But like, if you don't understand it, then you're not going to play optimally. There's no, there's no point playing that deck if you don't understand every aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. So, stop, stop net decking. That's taking <laughs> <laughs> exact seventy-five is an exact list. It's like, take, look at look at a deck on the internet. Yeah, and think that looks cool. I like how that plays. I like that style of magic. I think that's powerful. And trying to understand why those cards are there and try and adapt it to your own playstyle. Yeah, I think I think is much. Yeah, definitely. I, mean, I think that's a very fair point. Um, that's yeah, it's it's something that um I I don't really do myself. Like the whole seventy five thing. Like I might like uh, most likely if I am net decking, I'll just take take a sixty and then I'll mess around with the sideboard based on. Based on what was in the seventy-five and what my knowledge of the you know whole, what my expectation of the tournament that I'm going to play of it is like. Mm. Uh, obviously, prime example of that was at nationals last year when I played the the mono blue paradoxical reservoir deck, but I played uh, one copy of Sorcerer's Spyglass in the main board because I assumed there'd be lots of Teferis. 
and then played mm-hmm. against lots of Teferis and just had the upper hand in game one. Sick rags. Yeah, it was sick. It was good. Good fun. <laughs> Called that um, one. But yeah, I, I think I, I fully agree with you this one here. Like, like absolutely net deck. I think net decking is an important part of magic, or at least the important part of like the learning process of magic. Like learning, mm-hmm. learning which cards are good, learning to play good cards, learning to play good decks. Uh, but I, I think you you do need to think about you know what's happening in in your in the tournament that you're going to play that deck that deck in because if you turn up and you're like your sideboards I mean you know obviously this example wouldn't happen but let's say you turn up and your sideboards like full of blood moons and everyone's playing mono red like that's not good you're not going to have a good time yeah exactly I think it's understanding that it's like a deck. So, or, you know, <clears throat> one deck affinity might be really good. Yeah. Um, and then you're thinking, oh, okay, I've got, I've got um, a tournament coming up next week. I'm going to play affinity because it's, you know, it's put three copies in this this top eight of this GP or this SCG event. Yeah. And they take this, and then everyone else has seen that and thought, oh, affinity's doing really well. I'll pack loads of stony silences or you know nature's claims. I'll I'll be prepared for the affinity matchup. Yeah. And then you just have a horrible time because you've picked the best deck. But everyone else is prepared for it because it's done well. It's, it's understanding things like that. It w- might not always be um, just because it's it's you know won a tournament or put up good results in the tournament doesn't mean it's the correct choice. Yeah. And like like you know like you're saying with nationals, like for for every decision that you make and every neck like you know every deck that you you choose that you feel really smart about, and you know you get to you get to play your your sorcerer spyglass and play against some loads of the fairies and feel really smart. Yeah. <laughs> for, every decision, for every decision that you feel really smart, there's ten more where you feel like a total idiot because you've made the wrong call, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, it's understanding that, but I mean, no one ever remembers those. You always feel when you, when you get to make the sick call and just yeah. like wreck a tournament with your, uh, with your huge brain. <laughs> <laughs> all about so, those galaxy brain plays. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Um, that's the thing. I, I don't want to win tournaments. So I just want my opponent to go, "Wow!" <laughs> when I make a player, then I can concede and leave. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to massage my ego. <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. So what is it? what's point number three on your, your top eight? Cool. Uh so the next one I guess plays into that slightly. Yeah. Um expecting to win. Hey. Um you aren't good at magic. <laughs> That's not true. You aren't as good as magic as you think you are. You there are a lot of variables that go into it just because you think you've you've played the deck well and you've made the right call. Yeah. So say, you know, you haven't done what we've just described, you you've you've picked a good deck, you've thought about it, you've prepared, you've put your cyborg together properly, you've you've tested the deck. You understand how it works. You understand the ins and outs. You can still go over three, right? Yeah. You can still just completely scrub out of the tournament. Totally. And then that can ruin your day. That can that can ruin your week. That can make you feel just just really 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 bad. Despite the fact that it just sort of happens. You have to you have to remember that magic is a game of variance. You're still drawing a card at the top of your deck, which has been shuffled. Yeah. You're 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 playing you're playing a game where one of the main elements and one of the things that we enjoy so much about it is is the the element of variance. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you know, just because you know, maybe you've it's a big tournament and you're you're traveling a long way and you've 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 put a lot of money into it and you've put a lot of time in it and you've you've made arrangements, you could still have a terrible time. <laughs> you know, you could still do really badly. Um, and it's it's sort of not letting that affect you. Um, it's difficult. We all, we all hate losing. We all hate when we think maybe we think we've broken a format and then you just get paired badly. Yeah. Um, and you just, you know, there's, there's certain cards you're not prepared for, there's certain strategies you're not prepared for, and you just lose. And you, you can't expect to win every game of Magic. You can't expect to, to win every tournament. Because, I mean, professional Magic players um, lose tournaments a lot. 
Probably yeah. less, less often than the rest of us. Yeah, for sure. But they still lose games at Magic. Yeah, definitely. Um, just because they're really good doesn't mean they, they, they don't lose. Um, yeah, unless you're like Reduke, who has like a 75% win in paper Magic or something, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> something ridiculous. <laughs> we can't all be Reduke. Yeah. I mean, he's just, you know, the, the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you can put in all the work, you can do all the testing, and you can still lose. Um, and don't try and, like, I don't know, exp- explain it away and do that typical thing of where, oh, well, if, if, if you hadn't done this and I had this and I drew this, and it's like, well, yeah, but you, you didn't, That's you sort of have argument. to. Yeah, no. You have to ex- accept what you have. Like, yeah. You can't explain away a loss. A loss is a loss. <laughs> um, so just, you know. Deal with it, I guess. <laughs> it, it sucks. You're going to feel bad. Like I've, I've I've played in tournaments where I thought I was going to do really well, and then I didn't, and I felt bad. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. that's you know being a human being. Yeah. But but don't don't expect don't expect to win. Um, enjoy, enjoy the game for what it is. That's it. I I think for for me like my mindset is with like every game of Magic that I play, like my mindset isn't like you know like I, I'm going to win. It's no, it's like I'm going to play play the best I can. Mm-hmm. The outcome doesn't you know whether I win or lose doesn't matter so much to me as long as I'm playing as long as I feel like I've played everything correctly like did I do this at the right time did I do that oh well I, that, I, I still lost but at least I know that I didn't do anything wrong in that game absolutely and I think that's I mean maybe this is just our downfall right maybe this, that's the reason we aren't both really good magic players and you know on the pro tour or whatever because we don't have results orientated thinking <laughs> yeah because we don't we don't go for the you know we don't think we're going to win we don't think we're amazing yeah but that's the point. It's it's evaluating what, what like why you want to engage with magic, why you want to play. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to play to just flex on people and say that you're the best, or do you, you want to enjoy yourself and and you know see improvement in your skills, and then maybe you know maybe you can top eight a, a GP. But that just doesn't happen because you will it to be. You know, <laughs> you can't just think oh, I'm going to win this and then win it. That's not how uh, that's not how the world works. Yeah, I, I think realistically, like if I wanted to top eight a GP, I'd just play better decks. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? Right. So, <laughs> I mean, I could play the t- the, you know, the yeah. best deck in the format. Um, but, ah, where's the fun? Yeah, where's the fun? Uh, this is why we're firmly a casual podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, I played this really good Brewer at F&M and uh, I went 2-2. <laughs> That's our entire podcast. Um, but yeah, like, just stop expecting to win. Sure. You're not going to get there. You, you might get there. I, oh god, it's really hard to do this. Like when I've, I've objectively written very negative things, <laughs> and then I'm reading them back and realizing how negative they are, and trying to put a positive spin on them. <sighs> cool. So what's next then? So uh, I guess this this also plays into that is uh, getting salty. Yeah. Um, so you know, like I said, it's difficult not to be annoyed. It's difficult not to to feel bad after you've lost a game, especially if it was a close game or like you felt like you were ahead at any point. But you know, things can happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, but don't, try not to. Just, I, I guess it's less be salty. It, it, it's, it's, I guess it's less, you know, getting salty about things. It's how you sort of hold yourself when you're feeling frustrated yeah. or down about after a game of magic. It's being able to. People get salty, you know. If you if you're if you lose a winning end to a top eight or anything like that, you're clearly going to be crushed, right? Oh yeah, for sure. But it's understanding. <laughs> you're still in a public place. You're still interacting with human beings. You need to understand how to hold yourself and how to carry yourself in that situation. Um, you know, something bad happened to you um, that makes you feel sad. Um, but you still need to be respectful of people. You still need to be pleasant. Like if you feel like you're, you know, you're going to get frustrated and you're, you, you, maybe you're going to say something out of turn, just remove yourself from the situation. Don't 
complain to your opponent about because that I mean, it's not their fault you lost the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, they beat you in a game, but it, you know it's it's not their fault. Yeah. The reason we go to Magic Tournaments and play Magic is to win. You can't expect expect people to concede to you just because you want to win it more than they do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it, I mean, we, it, it's difficult not to, but just uh, understand how you're coming across to your opponent. Yeah, um, and like, how other people see you. Yeah, like uh, the uh, yeah, I, I think like it may be quite a difficult one for some people because it's like <laughs> it's it's bigger than just like you know, oh, don't play a bad deck or don't don't do this or don't think about playing this when you play this it's it's like you know for some people it, it could be like change your whole kind of attitude on on you know, i guess change your whole outlook on on life i guess really for, you know i have experienced some some horrendously salty players in my time yeah well, i mean what was your opinion after that you weren't thinking oh they just had a bad time you thought oh that person's a bit of a knob right <laughs> like just... yeah yeah like sometimes absolutely and yeah yeah like I def- definitely off. felt like all like I felt like I don't know like some like it just made me like to feel bad about like myself as well in that situation. If like if I've won and then my opponent's got like horrendously upset, I feel like well like like have I done something wrong? Like or like I, I don't know. You just kind of feel like guilty for winning sometimes. It makes it so awkward. Yeah, it makes it so unpleasant to be in that in that environment when your opponent's just sort of tilting off. Yeah. And you're just the person that made them tilt off, and you have to sit there and sort of deal with this this person being upset. And like, you're allowed to be upset. You're allowed to experience. Definitely, your yeah. Like everybody gets tilted. Like it happens mm-hmm. to all of us. Like I never happen. Never happens to me. I just laugh. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it does happen to everyone. Like, but understand that your actions have impacts on other people. Yeah, for sure. Um. Especially the one sitting literally opposite you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's never, never fun. Never fun, fun experience when somebody is very upset. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're, in, you're allowed to experience your feelings. You're allowed to express your feelings, but don't do them to. You don't get really angry and do them to your opponent because they're going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, or at the worst, just blame it on variants. Yeah, he's like, oh, I drew the. That, that, that's the thing, isn't it's it? Like, yeah, it's it's a nice nice little cheat. Just like you know, it's it's skill when you win, and it's variance when you lose. Uh, no, it's the opposite for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm incredibly talented at losing games much of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think at the end of the day, like just just remember, like the person sitting opposite you is a person that also mm. has feelings. They you yeah. know they might not be feeling as bad as you do right now, but if you sort of let that show outwardly too much, then yeah, they're probably going to feel as bad as you are too. Yeah, exactly. You just just because you feel bad doesn't mean you have to sort of inflict it on everyone else in the yeah. in the area, you know. Cool. So, what's next on your list? Um, so, this is a pretty pretty big one for me. Um, being rude or sort of disparaging of new or casual players. Sure. People are allowed to engage with magic wherever they want. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, despite my constant pleading for them not to, <laughs> um, just because it's like not how you like to play magic doesn't mean it's bad, right? Doesn't yeah. mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean you're better than them. Doesn't mean you're more intelligent than them. They just like to do things different to you do. Yeah, definitely. Like some um, people like to play commander, for for instance. Exactly, and you, you would hate those people and you know get really mad at them. Yeah, but you wouldn't because you're a reasonable human being. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just I find I find it a lot where people you know. Um, 
complain about, you know, oh, Commander's stupid or oh, Draft's stupid or I don't understand Standard because it's expensive. Like, sure, you're, you're, you have your opinions, you have your feelings, but why should you tell, why should you make people feel bad about something they, they enjoy doing? Yeah, for sure. People are just there to play their hobby. If they want to play Commander all the time, that's fine. If they want to just grind Legacy and play really sort of, you know, high interaction magic and have to think and sit about things, that's fine. Um, it's a game. Yeah. People need to stop forgetting that it's a game. And you're meant to have fun. That's the entire point of magic. It's the reason I play magic is to have fun. If I spike a tournament and do really well and get somewhere, sure. But I play magic because it's fun and because I, I enjoy myself and I, I, I get to do the things that I like to do and I get to exercise my brain in the way that I, that I like and interact with people and have fun. And I mean, really, the, 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 the sort of format or the type of magic that I'm playing is sort of the least important thing. Yeah, for sure. Unless it's modern. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just the fact that it's magic and people are allowed to do whatever they want in magic as long yeah. as they're not hurting it. Um, and just because someone isn't doing isn't doing it the way that you like or the way that you do doesn't mean that they're wrong or that you just just shut up <laughs> just don't say mean things about people because of the way that they're playing magic because that's really silly sure so like Cause you're just gonna make feel, people feel bad when they're just you're just playing a children's card game with pictures of dragons on it just stop yeah I think like like so somebody once once told, once told me something which always always kind of sticks to me like I don't know it's kind of like a gross phrase I don't know if it is because I'm vegan or whatever but like mm. magic's like the black button industry like you always need new blood mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and it, this this game just like it, it won't last it, it hasn't lasted as long as it has and you know it won't have this 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 you know continuously growing crowd if, if people are just sort of turned off from the game like if if nobody wants to play the game, then like magic goes away, and that's bad for everybody. Absolutely, you don't want magic to go away. Like no one wants that to happen. It's, yeah. it's. I mean, it's this sort of element of this sort of secret special elite club where you don't want people. It's like people who really like a a sort of small time band, and then they get really mainstream success and get played on the radio. Yeah, and people are like, oh, they're 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 really bad now because blah, 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 blah. it's like people like that. It's like great, no one cares. Um, like it, it's like that. It's like thinking that you're cool or special for like interacting with magic in a certain way, or like you're better than other people. It's like, what is it? Something like ninety percent of people that play magic are casual and play on the kitchen table. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like this game exists because of those people. The game doesn't care about you and your PPTQ grinding. <laughs> you know, like the game won't exist without you. Um, but the game won't exist without new people and people that are in, like just excited to open booster packs and, and yeah. open a sweet mythic. You know, that's it. It's new players and casual players are the players that buy booster packs. <laughs> they're the players that ensure that the game is still made. Yeah, like they're, they're, it's not the people buying cards off Magic Card Market for great prices. You, yeah. know? <laughs> you, you actually don't contribute that much to Magic. It's, it's these people that, that are, are the lifeblood of, of Magic. Yeah. Also, you're just being a nasty person. Stop it. <laughs> sure. I think that's that's the general overarching theme of, of this these these top eight things is that don't don't be a horrible person. Yeah. Like interact with magic in a positive that's and right. helpful way. Or just sit and play arena and don't interact with anyone. <laughs> if that's how you want to be, you know, you can be as salty and annoyed and angry as you want in your own home. <laughs> Do what you want. Just spam the thinking emote on arena all day. <laughs> Good game. Good game. Good yeah. game. <laughs> exactly. Um, actually, that that leads me on to my my uh, my next one. Sure. Um, not conceding. <laughs> yeah. This this is a surprise for Arena. Um, 
I think I think there's, there's sort of two parts of this. I, right? I think so, it I think it might might apply to paper magic as well with fairy, absolutely, fairy absolutely. being a standard. Yeah, there's there's two there's two sides of this to to, to why you should, um, but you know when you should know when to concede, right? Yeah. Um, there are situations where you're dead just because you have a zero point five percent chance of like all drawing that you know drawing that two outer in your deck and you might just flip it and win the game. Yeah, like that's not going to happen, right? Because if you do that, then your opponent has to also have nothing. Everything has to go right. Know when you're dead. Don't just draw out games of magic because there's a tiny, minute chance that you might get back into it if something happens. Absolutely. We saw this a lot with like games of uh, games against lantern control. Where people are like, oh, yeah, but I have a tiny percent of yeah, yeah, but you won't. Yeah. Sure, like, you know, um, laws of averages dictate that you should play in the game, stay in the game, and, and keep playing, and because you might have that one percent hour, you know, but it's not going to happen. Just value your time on the planet more, more than you value <laughs> winning a game of Magic. Um, I mean, it happened with um, with Jerry Thompson at the Pro Tour. Yeah, for sure. Uh, where he lost to Luis Salvato, where he just he like we were like oh no Lantern in the final it's going to take ages and the whole thing was over in about twenty minutes because Jerry knew when he was dead he knew when to concede and he knew when to move on yeah so that's that's the one sort of aspect of stop not conceding uh, the other part is I think it does apply quite a lot to arena where people are annoyed and they're salty that they're losing and they just don't concede to annoy you back yeah definitely so we see this with Teferi right yeah. <laughs> Where there's nothing happening, your opponent's ultimated to fairy. No one's won the game, but you have no permanence in play. Your opponent has a to fairy, and they have all the answers in their hand. Yeah, and you just don't concede because oh, I want to piss off my opponent. Yeah, that's incredibly childish and annoying and a waste of everyone's. It's a waste of your time, if nothing else. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I, what, yeah. Did you do with, what did you do with your evening? Oh, I sat on arena and didn't concede for 45 minutes, so my opponent playing to fairy felt bad. Like, great, well done. You've con- contributed nothing. Like. <laughs> You just wasted everyone's time. Yeah, yeah. I think like especially given that we're in like, you know, preseason like open beta or whatever as well. Like it's not like it's not like your victories really mean anything yet as well. Like, you know, if if you like legitimately if you, like if you want to use that as a tactic, just sitting there and not doing anything and letting your opponent your Teferi opponent like draw a card and and you know, exile your basic land every turn then like. Yeah, go ahead. Like if you think that that you know your iron will is stronger than theirs. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's just like but, okay, well, I didn't. Yeah, like there's there's absolutely no reason to currently. And yeah, like I I also think this is kind of like a symptom of best of one. Like if if best mm. of three was the most played format on arena or more commonly played on arena, like it just wouldn't happen. Because like yeah. Yeah, people yeah, like if you, you don't concede there, then like if you concede in best of one, you just lose the game. Mm-hmm. But if you concede in best of three, you got two more games after that to try to get it back. Yeah, absolutely. When you get a cyborg and you get to, you know, increase your win percentage and increase your chances. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's something I see happening quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's um, it's it's not something that used to happen back in the early days of the beta. Um, because there mm-hmm. there wasn't the timer, so when you played a Teferi, your opponent just used to concede. Sure, but now you can punish your opponent for doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's incredibly childish. Yeah, I don't understand is. why you why you bother doing it. I mean, you see it um, you see it on Magic Online as well. Yeah, yeah. Where, oh, I have some yeah. horrendous examples of it on Magic Online. Mm-hmm. So you know, something like Splinter Twin. I've had it in Cube where I've drafted a Splinter Twin deck, 
I've uh, performed the combo. I've created uh, roughly a hundred Deceiver Exarchs. Yeah. Move to attack, and my opponent just hasn't clicked okay. Yeah. And they've maybe sit there while the rest of their twenty-minute clock runs out because they'd they'd rather do that than actually concede or lose the game. Yeah. I just that's just how is that how is that a good way to interact with Magic? Yeah. No, it's absolutely not. Um, I, I I played in one of just just like the um, like the free play queues uh on magic online played a played a vintage game the other night where like my opponent played like turn one polluted delta and then passed the turn and i play mock sapphire and then they don't press okay in response and i just get messages and messages about like saying how they didn't want to play against an expensive deck and it's like it's like right we're literally playing vintage you're yeah. playing a polluted delta, which is about ten times the cost of this mock, like mocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. I just don't that. understand it. Like, I don't understand that. Like, a why you would think like that, and b like why your attitude would be so bad that you just don't want to play the game. Like, or like if you didn't want to play the game that badly, why not just like concede and quit out? Like, yeah, and it doesn't make do something sense. else with your time. Yeah, like. I, it, it, it's, it's honestly baffling to me people that get that that annoyed yeah um man all of these all of these points that I've made have really ended up at the same point haven't they yeah just just don't, don't be a not a nice person yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah just like don't don't bring like toxicity into the game when it's unnecessary there we go that's, I mean, don't that's bring putting it a lot more a lot more eloquently than I, I would have <laughs> yeah. I mean don't bring toxic, toxicity into the game at all yeah but some some points just like I don't understand where this is coming from you're just doing this to to sort of prove a point that no one cares about. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So my next point, conversely, uh, is so my last one was you need to stop not conceding. Yeah. Uh, and you also need to stop conceding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, this one's a little less sort of um, important, but it's you stop conceding when just like for example when your opponent slams a Teferi. Yeah. Or when they have when you're playing modern and they have three blue mana up. Yeah, um, uh, they have four lands, three of which is blue. Like, I've got cryptic command, or like anything like that. Just stop. Just assuming you're dead. Like, play magic. Understand how to do. It. Like, people will consider things they don't like. People will consider when they're like, oh, you know, controls crap. I hate it. It's so annoying to play against. I can't beat it. It's like stop, stop letting your emotions get the better of you, and stopping you playing good magic. Yeah, you can beat a control deck. You can beat a Teferi it's not that hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> if they have to ferry in nothing else, you're going to win. Right? Possibly. Um, stop conceding to cards you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I think it's again a place to arena. Yeah, like, when, when your opponent plays to ferry, don't just immediately concede. Yeah. But uh, play out. You, you have cards on your deck that beat that card. If you yeah. weren't prepared... This is the thing as well, like, not conceding to... to, to, to like, conceding to cards you don't like. What, what were you expecting to play against? <laughs> yeah. Why are you not prepared for this like format staple? Why are you not prepared? To, it, 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 like people complained about Spinster Twin when it was still legal in Marvel. But what, why are you why are you not expecting to play against Spinster Twin? It's 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 the most represented deck in the format, and you're just here being annoyed about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, just, just stop immediately conceding. Yeah, you... I think like that's it. I think you just you just need to sort of learn learn when you might have outs and when you definitely don't have outs. And I think. The way you do that is just by by playing more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and obviously the more you play, the more you you learn 
at which point you should be conceding and at which point you you know you can go oh well maybe maybe I'll sit here for wait sit here for another two turns because I could I could draw this or my opponent might do something or you know I might think about something that I haven't thought about yet. Yeah, absolutely. There are, there are interactions that you haven't considered. There are cards that you haven't you've maybe forgotten about in your deck because you've gotten too annoyed. Yeah. Um, it's uh, yeah, and if you can and like. I, I, I saw it quite a lot of people would just like concede to a goblin chain murder on turn three. But yeah. You can you can beat that card. And if you can't beat that card then why are you playing standard? Yeah, for sure. Um yeah. so that that's just stop stop conceding. Stop conceding prematurely and stop <laughs> not conceding. <laughs> uh, uh, well my last my last one is is they've all been very similar. Um my last one is, is complaining about your opponent's deck, specifically to your opponent. Yeah. Right, so you can play around a budget and you can lose, and then you'll go, thank you for the games, you'll get up, walk away, and then you'll go and talk to your friends and complain for hours about how stupid that deck is and how much you hate it and yeah. how you could have won if it were That's, I mean, that's sort of silly, but that's fine. Be polite and courteous to your opponent. Yeah, for sure. If you lose on turn three to an Arclight Phoenix, if you lose on turn three to a Hollow One, if you lose on turn, turn three to a uh, Tendrils of Agony, just, just politely shake your opponent's hand and leave and save your complaining for somewhere else yeah don't be horrible and rude to your opponent just because they beat you yeah absolutely your opponent's deck is your opponent's deck it's it's not just it's not bad or or you know stupid or like your opponent's deck is your opponent's deck and you just lost it so don't complain about it <laughs> yeah. um I've, I've you know i've had experience a lot of time where when i i you know, I've, I've beaten someone and they've said, well, your, your deck's just bad. I'm like, well, it's evidently not that bad yeah. <laughs> if it's just, you know, beating you. Um, but it's it's having, it's, it's again, just having that attitude towards other Magic players where just, why would you want to make someone feel uncomfortable? Why would you want to say something Yeah, for sure. To, to another human being? Like, yeah, yeah like, just... going back to that, I think it was an example I've used in, like, a previous episode when discussing something similar was, like, uh, the, the first GP I went to was like GP London a few years ago. Uh, I played in like a standard, a standard rebound event, and um, yeah, it was like round two. Like I, after I, be- I beat my opponent two nil, because I didn't mm-hmm. sideboard out a card I was meant to sideboard out. Like my opponent said I was a bad Magic player. It's like all right, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. yeah. This this is the thing that like uh, just, I, it I just felt so awkward. Like yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's like it's telling your opponent they're bad right yeah there's, there's several ways to unpack that yeah so one sure that might be true you don't have to tell them that's yeah. just me if you're telling them in a constructive way that's different but a lot of people a lot of times people don't want to hear it and yeah. they're not you're not entitled to tell them because you think you're better than them second of all it might just not be true you might just one up to them and left a, a, a seemingly bad coin your deck to game yeah um this just i just don't understand why you'd say that to another person yeah definitely you're bad at magic and then, you know there's just you just lost to it. It can't be that bad at Magic if you just lost to it. Yeah, you had sign a, resu- a result slip that say you've lost two 0 and then you tell your opponent that, that they're bad. Like, okay, fine. Yeah, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm bad at Magic, but I'm doing better in the tournament than you are. Yeah. So, scoreboard, right? <laughs> um, it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. It it's just some, some creates just such like an ugly atmosphere. There's just just no need for. It really is, and this is the thing I understand. Like, like I've said before, I understand we're getting salty and not absolutely, being able to. Yeah. Not being able to, you know, sort of handle it particularly well, but understand that you're in a room full of other people. You're sitting across from a person. Be be polite. Otherwise, you shouldn't be playing paper magic. Yeah. If you can't at least be vaguely positive and polite, you shouldn't be 
um, sitting at a table playing with other people. Yeah, quite probably. Paper Magic just maybe isn't for you. That's fine. Maybe just just play on Arena or play on Modo. No, just play on Arena because you still got the text box on Modo. Oh, that's true. <laughs> no, but it doesn't automatically pop up, so your opponent doesn't have to read your hands. Yeah, that's the best update Magic Online has ever had ever. Just like yeah, you can now opt out so of chat. That's great. No, but I love that. That's my kind of that's my bread and butter. Just watching people get angry at me and then just trying <laughs> them back. It's great. It's why people shouldn't interact with me on social media because <laughs> that's all I do. Um, yeah, I, I guess that was that was my sort of. My, my, my top eight things my business need to stop doing and yeah, I guess sure. over, overarching number one is don't don't be a jerk don't be a horrible person be try and bring as much positivity into magic as you possibly can and if you don't think you can do that remove yourself from the situation yeah for sure definitely mm-hmm. I think I think that's a that's a good message to give I think and if you're going to be negative at least try and spin it like you're trolling them yeah <laughs> sarcastic and you're you know like what I do <laughs> and fail to do <laughs> sure sure Awesome. So I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, once again, hit us up if you want to get involved. Like, do you agree with that? That top eight things magic players need to stop doing. Um, like, how do you feel like when you get tilted or sort of get salty if you you get beaten badly? Like, do you have any advice, any tips? Hit us up on social media at Twitter. We are at hfdcast. Uh, Facebook.com slash hfdcast, or we also Patreon.com slash Arrow Devastation. Oh, once again, uh, personal social media on Twitter. I'm at Peach Garden Oath. That is O for Finef. Or Facebook. I'm just Joe Loudon. Um, probably one of a handful of Joe Loudons on Facebook. I'm sure you'll find me in many of the magic groups out there. Come talk to me about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Snail69. Nice. Um, I'm going to be arguing about something, and <laughs> I'll also be on Facebook. But you know, don't don't do that. It's probably best for you if you don't do that. <laughs> Just don't speak to me about magic. Awesome. So, yeah, thanks again for for tuning in. We apologise. It's been so long since our previous episode. But we'll definitely be back next week. Uh, But for now, we are approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. Bye.